uh, let's talk to uh, our good friend, uh, Las Vegas' very own. See, I can say that, Las Vegas' very own, because now he's acclimated and living back there now. And, of course, he has uh, been to, to two Final Fours and uh, college basketball Hall of Famer just inducted going back uh, last year. And we love having him on the show. And he was here in Houston over the weekend. And that is Lon Kruger. Lon, what's going on, my friend? DC doing well. It's a great time of year. A lot of great uh, games in the tournament, and uh, should be interesting championship game tonight. Hey, got it. All right. Uh, well, you were there on Saturday. Uh, you and and Kevin. Uh, give me your thoughts on what you saw uh, in, in both games, and then also talk a little bit about your trip to Houston. Yeah, great, great. San Diego State win over uh, FAU. I thought FAU had the game in hand uh, most of the way, and. It appeared with eight minutes to go that uh, they just need a bucket or two and a stop or two. But San Diego State's uh, like that. Uh, they're big and strong. And when they uh, turn it up just a little bit defensively and change that momentum, all of a sudden the FAU guys uh, kind of get caught wanting the clock to run out. And this uh, game was a little too long for them. But a big shot by Butler there. San Diego State deserved to win. And uh, they won the way they win uh, with uh, being physical and and making key shots when they need them and uh, getting good stops on the defensive end. So, Lana, I'm very curious, you know, when you go to uh, these games where you're not involved and you're coaching now since you retired uh, and you're coming to these Final Fours uh, and Kevin is with you, I want to know who's picking up the tab for for these meals. Does does the dad still (laughs) take care of the son or, you know, but since he's the active coach now and, you know, he's got the nice check coming in, uh, does he offer to pay? I'll make, I'll make that case with him. I'll, I'll I'll say, I think to this point, uh, the dad, the dad factor weighs heavier than uh, the currently employed <laughs> factor. So uh, we'll work, we'll work on that changing though. You should, as you should. Oh, hey, uh, I was. Uh, your name got brought up last night. I got a chance to uh, see Gene Katie last night uh, at a dinner, and it was great uh, talking with him. And uh, we were talking about Las Vegas and everything. And and I brought up your name, and he goes, "Oh, please be sure you tell tell Lon hello." And he kept talking about, you know, we get gator chomps, and he was t- he kept you know talking about the gators when you were there. So I can imagine that you and Coach Katie probably had some battles against each other back in the day. We did, we did. Well, he's a fellow K Stater, as you know. You know, he's yes. a Kansas State yes. Wildcat. Yep. Bad and uh, played football out there in the uh, early 60s. And, yeah, he's a, he's, he had a great career. and What a great guy and a great coach. We had battles through the year, and, uh, uh, unfortunately, he won uh, He won the majority of them, especially when we were at Illinois and he was uh, at Purdue. So yep. we, uh, we uh, didn't uh, didn't fare well against his teams. He did a great job and had good teams and uh, just uh, spent a lot of time with him for sure. Yeah, you mentioned those Big Ten battles, you know, between Illinois and Purdue, and a big rivalry that uh, that you were part of. And uh, you know, with uh, Coach Katie, you know, being elected into the Naismith uh, Hall of Fame, what an honor! And probably, you know, many people on will think that, hey, you know, long overdue. Uh, give us some thoughts on on what it was like coaching against him, and, and then knowing him as a person. Well, he's a he's an outstanding coach. Um, always, uh, teams very very physical, very well prepared. Uh, uh, you know, had a great run uh, wherever he was, but especially at Purdue. And uh, then, of course, uh, Matt Painter doing so well, Bruce Weber having such great success. You know, his uh, tree is uh, awfully, uh, awfully good. Uh, great guy that uh, competed like crazy and 
had good teams and very deserving of being in the Naismith Hall of Fame. All right. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, you were elected to the College Basketball Hall of Fame last year. I remember, uh, you know, talking to you about that when it was uh, happening, and uh, now a year or so, you know, reflecting on that. Uh, talk a little bit about what that means to these inductees, and we have one of our own too, with Becky Hammond, who was uh, inducted uh, as well too. So, uh, you know, that that's great to see. But uh, but talk about that experience. So overall, and what that means to you and and all these coaches that uh, that get the call. I think to everyone is is just a big honor, uh, you know, to join people that you've uh, had great respect for. Uh, you've, uh, you know, a lot of uh, been mentors to, to the folks that uh, that are currently going in. Uh, uh, their mentors are in the hall, and uh, yeah, it's just a real honor, and uh, you know, certainly not to be taken for granted. I think anytime a coach goes into the Hall of Fame, it's a result of so many people <laughs> being involved. Uh, the staff that, that we've had over the years, uh, all the great players that we've had over the years, uh, you know, no one goes into the Hall of Fame as a coach without uh, being surrounded by really good, talented people. Lon Kruger joins us. Uh, speaking of battles, Lon, uh, you've had some battles with former UConn coach uh, Jim Calhoun, I'm sure, as well back in the day. And here we go with UConn again, uh, you know, playing for the national championship uh tonight they've won four of them already but uh talk a little bit about uh some old battles with uh coach jim calhoun yeah another guy very deserving uh actually uh the 94 florida team that went to the final four uh we uh played yukon in the sweet 16 game so uh dodged a bullet there they were at the line with uh, three seconds to go in a tied ball game and uh missed two free throws to get it into overtime so then we won in overtime but uh could have well not gone that way for sure. So, uh, but a great guy and a great coach, and and uh, does a lot uh, does a lot for coaches versus cancer over the years, uh, as does uh, as Coach Katie. So, a lot of coaches have used their platform uh, in a good way, uh, in that way too. Absolutely. You know, when you look at schools, Lon, that, that had coaches that were there for a long, long time, like uh, Gene Cady we talked about, and specifically UConn as we get ready for tonight's championship game you know, with Jim Calhoun, do you see this UConn team this year uh, under Dan Hurley and even maybe the other one before, you know, Kevin Ollie, who played for Jim Calhoun, do you see the style similar or much different when you look at this year's UConn teams to you know, the previous coaches? Similar in that uh, they've got a really good balance of uh, talent. You know, the uh, Jim teams always uh, had good guards, uh, but also physical big guys. And certainly this uh, edition of uh, you know, Coach Hurley's UConn team, uh, very talented. Uh, you know, the wings and guards are so big and rangy, and then uh, the big guys inside, uh, not just one of them, but a couple <laughs> do a great job in there. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, – you know, uh, you know, Coach Calhoun always had those uh, type of teams, and I think uh, this UConn team would be similar to that. We know that everyone's uh, bracket uh, w w was blown up, and we had talked about that with you, you know, earlier on. Uh, how we, we've seen so many, uh, you know, upsets. We nearly saw Florida Atlantic uh, as a nine seed. That great Cinderella story uh, be in this game tonight. They played great for basically 39 minutes and in 59 seconds. And then, of course, San Diego State hits the buzzer beater to, to beat them. But uh, talk a little bit about how this tournament has un unfolded with so many upsets and uh, what has really, you know, piqued your eye while you watch the last three weeks. 
been a very exciting tournament. Um, you know, the games uh, are all in question. I think the portal, without question, has contributed greatly to the parity. Uh, the, clearly, the uh, one, two, three seeds weren't uh, that much different from the four, five, six, seven, nine teams, uh, which I think people kind of thought that maybe going in, and it's uh, really proved to be the case. Uh, great games, great games. Uh, you know, with three teams in the Final Four for the first time, uh, such a great experience for those uh, fans and alumni of those three schools. Uh, of course, UConn more experienced as it relates to Final Four uh, games, but uh, that's what the tournament's about. Uh, a lot of first-time things go on, and uh, when you get three teams in the Final Four for the first time, that's great for the uh, great for the tournament. And we talked about your experiences in the Final Four, Florida, and then you know recently a few years back with, with Oklahoma. How do you calm those players, your players, uh, you know, when you are getting ready to take that floor? Because you never play in an arena that size. It's got to be totally different. And then, of course, all of the things that go around it from the media attention, the community stuff. And, you know, again, everybody hitting everybody uh, up for tickets and, you know, having the huge fan base try to travel and everything. Uh, just from a, a coach and player's perspective, Lon, tell me how you elected and how did you deal with that? It's definitely a different game. You, you want to think it's just another basketball game, but uh, but it's not. You know, you've got so much more media attention that uh, lead or that week leading up to the Final Four or the two weeks even, you know, uh, coming out of the uh, you know, first and second uh, games uh, the first week. So it's uh, you, you, you try to tell them uh, – you know, just do what you've done to get here. And uh, that's uh, easier said than done because of all the distractions. Then they're worrying about tickets for their family, worried about all the things that go on around the game. And then, of course, you're playing against a very good team as an opponent. No question about that. But uh, but you want them to enjoy the experience, uh, realizing that, uh, you know, getting to the Final Four is unique. And a lot of people, of course, uh, you know, don't get there. So, um, but, yeah, you want them to, it, you know, when that ball goes up, to be focused on playing as good a basketball as they possibly can. All right, Lon Kruger joins us. Uh, T.C. Martin here in Houston. Marco D'Angelo back in our studio in Las Vegas. Lon, i got a question for you. You never want to put the horse or the buggy in front of the horse, but during the week when you're preparing for the Final Four game, you have those extra days. How much do you prepare for who your next opponent could be? And you have obviously two of them that it could be. Break us down on how that goes. I would imagine most people do it, but speaking, you know, for for myself, for the way you know we, the, myself and uh, and two of the you know other coaches, uh, we're really one of them are focused on the game coming up, the semifinal game entirely. The players uh, we never address or think about or talk about who the uh, second game opponent might be. Now, each of the uh, one coach on our staff will take one opponent in the other semifinal game. Another coach will take the other opponent in the semifinal game and be prepared for either one, you know, should we come out of that first game. Uh, but uh, no, the players and the, and the head coach and the, in, in general are preparing only for that first game at the final four. So take us then through that Sunday of, you know, it, implying your, you know, putting your game plan together and then conveying that to your team. Yeah, of course, we lost both our semifinal games, so we never did have to prepare on Sunday, unfortunately, for the championship game. But uh, but it's, it's much like it would be, 
in the Sweet 16 going to the Elite Eight. You've got a very short turnaround. You're not uh, you're not doing really anything live in practice. You know, uh, you know, number one to stay fresh. Number two, you certainly don't want to tweak an ankle in practice on Sunday before um, the championship game on Monday. So you're walking through. You're getting a lot of shooting in. You're you're watching a lot of film. Uh, you know, you're, you're you're really trying to mentally prepare to. You know, again, at that point, you don't make a lot of adjustments in what you're doing. You're more concerned about, uh, again, doing what you do well and trying to limit the opponent. But you're not going to change everything on uh, on Sunday in preparation for the championship game on Monday. Lon, in the last couple of years, you got a chance to see San Diego State up close and personal twice a year at least uh, with Kevin coaching uh, the team. And I know you had your battles when you were coaching UNLV back in the day. Obviously, different San Diego State teams. However, when Steve Fisher was coaching, Brian Dutcher was a longtime assistant. So, you know, does it look like the same system, the same type of, of athletes that, that uh, Fisher as well as Dutcher were recruiting? And give me your thoughts on this year's San Diego State team. It really is very similar in, in terms of, uh, you know, the way they put their roster together, big, strong athletes, uh, very physical on the defensive end, uh, uh, very, very similar. You know, Coach Dutch has done a great job, and uh, he's got those guys playing well. And I know even though the, you know, the seven and a half points or so tonight's the, the line, but um, I tell you what, those San Diego State guys, they're, they're old and they're tough and they're mentally, you know, committed to the way they play. Uh, again, UConn's very good, but I think uh, those San Diego State guys have a lot of pride, and I don't have any doubt that they'll guard them great. I think always the question with San Diego State is, can they make enough shots to, uh, you know, to make it a game in the end? And uh, that'll be the case tonight. If San Diego State's making some threes, like they, uh, they're a little bit streaky on the year, but when they do that, you know, they're very good because you know they're going to give you a great, you know, performance defensively on every possession. And, you know, with UConn, they just seem to be maybe one of the deepest teams in this tournament. Uh, they've won every game by at least 13 points. Uh, tell me what you've seen when you look at these UConn Huskies. Same thing everyone else sees, uh, very talented and very deep. You know, when you got, uh, you know, uh, Sonomo, the, the big guy inside, and he's backed up by 7-2 freshman, uh, just an unbelievable combo in there. And then you got wings that are long and rangy and, and can score in, in so many different ways. And, uh, and, uh, like you say, you know, they'll play nine at least off the bench. And, uh, the, the guys that come in off the bench are very productive. They're not just, uh, eating up minutes. Uh, they're contributing, uh, a great way. So, and very good defensively. You know, it's, it's one thing to, to have all those weapons offensively, but, uh, you don't go through the tournament and win by the margin that UConn has without being exceptionally skilled. And, um, and they are. And uh, Coach Hurley's done a great job of getting them in position to do what they've done, and uh, the players have taken advantage of that. You talk about Sonogo and Klingon coming off the bench, uh, the seven-foot freshman. Have you ever seen a tandem like that, Lon, where, you know, it's not like Sonogo plays a majority of the minutes and Klingon comes in just and only plays maybe six or seven minutes to give him a spell. I mean, they're literally almost playing the same amount of minutes, and there is not a drop-off whatsoever, even though you think, okay, these guys' games are are, are a little bit different. But uh, talk a little bit about, you know, having to, game plan for two monsters like that down low? Ninety-five <laughs> percent of the teams in the country would take uh, either one of those guys and play them 35 minutes. So, uh, 
and right. be totally happy. So you, yeah, I don't I don't recall a tandem to your question. I don't call, uh, you know like that. I think uh, you know to have uh, no drop off. Uh, you know, in fact, Klingon you know gives a little bit something different with his length and shot blocking ability. But uh, yeah, just very productive and uh, no drop off at all. All right, how about a uh, prediction? What do you think is going to happen tonight, Lon? Well, of course, conference-wise, we're, we're uh, pulling for the Mountain West representative, and uh, certainly that's been great for the league. Uh, and yet, uh, you know, San Jose is going to have to make, make more shots than they normally do to beat them. So, uh, you know, the expectation is that UConn's going to keep it going, but, uh, you know, uh, otherwise, uh, we hope the uh, Aztecs can make a bunch of threes. I know you spent a lot of time coaching, you know, in, in Vegas law and, and now you're back here. I don't think I've ever heard you refer to, you know, talking about the point spreads before, which is fantastic. Does that mean that, that law Kruger is going to the, to the sports book tonight? Is that what's happening? That means I'm retired and I can do that now. That's uh, right. When you're active, you don't, you don't want to get caught up into that too much. Uh, get some, uh, some fingers pointing at you, but now it's, uh, uh, something that has uh, been talked about quite a bit. Uh, the margin for a championship game is pretty rare that uh, it's as large as, as it is tonight. Uh, okay, Lon, so we're not telling any secrets now. Like I said, you're fully retired, but you know, back when you were coaching the Rebels back in the day, were you at least were you aware of the point spread and the lines? Or were people in your ear and, and that sort of thing? And, and how, how aware were you about that back in the day? You know, generally, generally aware, but uh, never really had you know, people talking about it, or, uh, I do remember, uh, you know, um, early in our career at UNLV, uh, we're up, uh, say 13 or 14 with, you know, with, uh, 30 seconds to go and, and someone makes a shot one way or the other, it swings the, the line and, and the crowd goes crazy. And I remember looking at the benches, the coaches on the benches and thinking this never happens anywhere else in the country, you know, a 13 point game and the crowd goes nuts <laughs> when, uh, the Rebels make a shot or the opponent makes a shot, depending on what uh, what side you're on. But uh, that was a little bit different. But no, that never uh, never really came up in discussion with uh, fans at all um, or anyone else. But uh, you know, Vegas is great. It's a great uh, town for sports. And uh, all those tournaments moving here and the Sweet 16 this year and, of course, the Final, uh, final Four in, in 28. Uh, can't beat it. Great place to live. No question about it. All right, my friend, I really appreciate the time uh, you joined us uh, during the course of this uh, college basketball season. Always great uh, seeing you around town or seeing you uh, on the road. And uh, another plug for Coaches versus Cancer because we're right around the corner. I know it's a busy time for you as you get ready for that. You know, here in the spring, the summertime in Las Vegas, uh, you know, another golf outing, another uh, fundraising event. Uh, so feel free to, to tell our listeners about what's coming up here in the next few months. Oh, very much appreciate that. Uh, just left the uh, council meeting uh, for coaches versus cancer in uh, in Houston. The Final Four we meet every year and talk about what lies ahead. And last year uh, had great success with the Set the Screen campaign, which is encouraging folks to get screened. You know, during the pandemic, uh, screening was off 90% but, uh, when uh, early detection is your best weapon against cancer. Uh, obviously, a lot of people lost their lives because of the pandemic. Uh, not just the pandemic itself, but the lack of uh, ability to get screened like you'd like to. This year, we're taking on a new program, relatively speaking, Road to Recovery, which we're looking for volunteer drivers to uh, drive uh, cancer patients to and from their radiation or chemo treatments, uh, you know, especially in the underserved areas. Uh, the biggest reason for uh, missed appointments 
uh, is a lack of transportation. So we're out there looking for volunteers and uh, we're growing that base a lot and uh, and looking forward to uh, getting a lot of folks signed up in the next uh, couple, three months. Excellent stuff, and you do a fantastic job uh, yourself, Barb, and then all of the other uh, great coaches that are involved with uh, Coaches versus Cancer. Long, we'll let you enjoy the game tonight, my friend, and uh, we'll talk to you very, very soon. I really appreciate it. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. All right, there he is, Long Kruger. Again, uh, a Vegas staple for his time as head coach of the Rebels uh, back in the day. And, of course, uh, there with his son, Kevin, as the head coach right now for the Rebels. And, uh, you know, very, very still active and a great supporter of the UNLV Run and Rebel program.